Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are mixed this morning as investors in Tokyo put aside an overnight rally on Wall Street. The Nikkei down almost half a percent, but Seoul and Sydney are both trading higher. Sydney is up two-thirds of a percent amid news of new fiscal stimulus. Ryan Huang doing his jaw workouts right now. It's distracting me, really. Joining me now to break down all the action himself. How's the jaw doing? I am just doing my usual stretching exercises. How are you coming back <laughs> after a day off? I go away and there's a slap that's heard around the world, apparently. <laughs> I'm sure you, like many other people, were quite stunned. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith. I'm all for redemption. I hope he apologizes in person. Now, if ever there was a morning with a mix of both bullish and bearish market signs, a day with data to back whatever investment argument you wish to make, I, I think today is that day. On the one hand, we have the S&P 500 rallying overnight and exit correction territory. So certainly bullish. But then we also have the bond markets flashing a signal that we could be headed for recession. Mm. So here at home, we have a major blue chip posting losses for the third consecutive year, but its share price and market cap are hanging tight up more than 20% over the past three months. We'll get to that company in a moment. But first, the US markets. Ryan, the Dow, S&P 500 and the Nasdaq all rose about 1% or more overnight. The S&P 500 closed above the 4,600 level for the first time since mid-January. It's now up 11% over over the past fortnight. So what's driving this optimism? Yeah, Michelle, I'm glad you picked up on that. So it seems like almost investors are trying to find an excuse to put money back into the stock market. And that is perhaps around headlines coming through on the Ukraine war front, where we now have uh, on Tuesday that um, discussion between both sides in Turkey playing out. Um, No breakthrough, but it did look promising that they are talking about some potential progress down the road. Uh, There is some hope that we could see some ceasefire, hope. Um, So that seems to be lifting investor sentiment. So that is being described as constructive, but once again, no immediate breakthroughs were produced. The other headline that seemed to be lifting sentiment was around how Russia's military said it would be fundamentally cutting back operations near Ukraine's capital and a northern city. So that is potentially a significant concession by Moscow. But then it's kind of tough how you want to read into it. Are they really cutting back or are they just cutting back because they have no choice? Because for some time, a lot of um, news reports have been saying that Russia's operations have not been successful because they've been spread too thin. So maybe they could be cutting back to focus their forces elsewhere where they are making much more progress uh, in some other parts of Ukraine. So that is just maybe a factor of circumstance rather than a factor of them trying to uh, be more accommodative. So that is something that is still up in the air in terms of how you want to read it. So something that seems to be lifting market sentiment for now. If we turn to the bond markets now, the yield of the two-year Treasury note is rising, trading close to 2.4%, but the 10-year yield has dropped below that level, creating something that technical experts call an inverted yield curve, what I once went to Halloween dressed as, pasted a lot of graph paper on myself. Uh, Ryan, we talked about this on the show before. It's generally not good when longer-term bonds pay less than shorter-term ones. It could indicate that a recession is on the way. Remind us why. 
Yeah, did you get a lot of interest as a U-curve? Yes, especially when I stood <laughs> my head to <laughs> so, invert. Yes, that is a very um, interesting um, picture in my head right now. So if you look at what's playing out in the bond markets, we have a very contrasting picture here uh, because markets seem to be indicating for equities, a rather bullish case, but then stock markets or rather bond markets reflecting more jitters. And the day before, we had the five-year and the 30-year bonds seeing an inversion. So we are looking at, hey, would it happen for the two and 10-year bond yields? And that happened overnight. So it's now just raising more eyebrows. Is this what they say? A potential omen of more bad things to come because it's been seen as an indicator of a recession on the horizon. Uh, but as with many indicators, it's not always 100%. As there's, always, there's also that case of um, what type of time frame we are looking for because this is an indicator that precedes some recessions, but that time frame is not always um, certain, whether it's going to be a few months or a few years. Um, that is the question there. And also, the other factor to take into account is how the indicators may be broken to some extent because of what the Feds and many central banks have been doing, buying up bonds big time. And that has distorted the long-term bond use to some extent. So it's become less effective as a predictive metric. So that is going to be something you have to digest if you want to really read into the tea leaves when it comes mm. to bond markets. All right, so it's a bearish sign. I'm going to turn back now to the S&P 500's rally. The blue chip index gains means it is no longer officially in market correction, which we usually define as a loss of between 10 and 20% from its peak. The question on everyone's minds is what happens next? Now, some analysts say it's a bear market trap. Others say it's up, up and away. So let's look at the bullish argument first. And what does history indicate? could happen next. Yeah, if I look back at history, you always have someone saying up and someone saying down. So here you have the argument where it's up because history, or at least some history says so. So going back to 1928, you've got some historic records pointing to how after the S&P 500 exits Christian territory, they will then be on course for a median gain of 11.5% an average gain of nearly 14%, and that will be true for nearly 77% of the time. But who knows, are we in the 23 or 77% in, the, in this current period? So a study of the data going all the way back to 1928 indicates the likelihood of double-digit gains within the next 12 months. But the Bank of America is warning investors that the market rally could give way to deeper losses. Why is that? Yeah, they do have some good reasons. And if you look at what's been happening, we've seen a strong rally in the past two weeks, an 11% surge. And this, they say, is off the back of very weak fundamentals. So this is around how some signs are not just aligning properly. Like if you've got the Fed you know, bent on raising rates this year, they already talked about a liftoff earlier this year. Um, Month And that is going to be the case where we've seen more Fed speak, pointing mm. to more hawkish tones, um, maybe 50 basis points in the next meeting. Some are saying in the next four meetings, we could see 50 basis point hikes. Mm. Uh, so we've got a lot of hawkishness happening. And that's typically not great news for stock markets um, where you have higher rates. Um, that is something to take into account. Um, also, if you look at all the various factors that can just make things worse. You know, there are just so many reasons to be 
jittery around like the Ukraine war, the higher commodity prices, the higher business costs. So you've got a lot of uh, potential excuses to just stay on the sidelines. So not very bullish when it comes to the BOA forecast. So you knew this question was coming, Ryan. Which side of the fence do you sit on? Are you with the bulls or the bears this morning? I'm sitting in the middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got both sides you can consider as you know, strong arguments. One side, you've got numbers. The odds are there, 77% that it will go up. But on the other side, you know, it can really just take a turn for worse if things don't pan out. You've got China. That is still a big question mark. So many moving parts. They are still fighting COVID in Shanghai with that lockdown. That is still underway. And it could stretch beyond the nine days they are planning and maybe even more cities to come. So you've got that big question mark where if you've got a Chinese slowdown, it could just mean a knock-on impact on demand for products, exports for other countries as well. You've got what's happening in Europe. That is something that will pan out. Uh, in months to come, a potential possible recession is not ruled out. Um, and you've got just um, a lot of things to play, to look at, like tourism. Will it really come back? Because the yes. Chinese market, um, many will. Chinese tourists, at some point it might come back, but how far Think away Think about are yourself. We? Do you want to head out? But is at the same not time, top of your agenda? it won't be back to 100% when it comes to the China. Chinese mm-hmm. tourist um Segment. This so is true. Something to take into account. So, if you want to be too bullish, you have to really um, weigh the pros and cons when it comes to what's going to be um, upside and downside for Good points, yeah. your various scenarios. All right. Let's move on now to a corporate story that I mentioned at the top of the broadcast the company that's losing money but whose share price has been holding steady. Well, more than steady. It's up more than 20% since the beginning of the year, despite suffering a sell-off yesterday. I am talking about Semcorp Marine. What's the state of its business, Ryan? All right. It is, I mean, looking more promising than it was two or three years ago, but it is not out of the woods yet. Um, So what's the latest headline is it has just recorded three straight years of losses. So that's a reflection of how tough the industry has been for San Marine, the offshore marine sector, the oil and gas sector. So that's been partly due to COVID-19. And no surprise, we've been seeing some bad numbers coming through. Uh, For its second half ended December 2021, that saw a net loss of $523.3 million. That widened from a year earlier from $390.4 million. So... COVID-19 challenges weighing on its operations. So it's been something we were expecting to some extent. Um, So no surprises here when it comes to the numbers. Normally, three years of losses would put a company on an SGX watch list, but that's not happening this time. Why is that? Yeah, so to be on the SGX watch list, you have to record three straight years of losses and an average daily market cap under $40 $40 million over the last six months. So they've got one box ticked when it comes to losses. Uh, but when it comes to the other part of the equation, uh, it has a daily market cap of $2.6 billion as of the uh, March 28th. So it is well above the $40 million daily market cap. So that 
helps you to avoid being on the SJS watch list. I want to turn now to two items in the news government stories, uh, one in Australia, the other in the US, which could potentially be a major boon for some stocks. Now, first in Australia, the government is handing out cash. It's announced a series of spending measures as well as fuel tax cuts to ease the cost of rising prices. Just how much will Australians receive, Ryan? And do you think this is going to give a boost to retail stocks there? Yes, I think it could be a good day for Australian stocks. When you look at the knee-jerk response right now, Australian markets are in the green. And if you look at the handout, that's good news for people, around 6 million of them, including pensioners, veterans and job seekers. They will be getting a one-time cash handout of 250 Australian dollars for mm-hmm. what's called cost of living payments. And also on top of that, you've got more than 10 million low and middle income earners. They'll be getting a one-off 420 Australian dollar tax offset. So that will give more money to people to spend. So I'm sure they will find their way to shops at some point, uh, maybe into the stock markets even. Uh, But at the same time, it's going to be a bit of a double-edged sword because they have been trying to address inflation and we've seen that with the petrol tax cut but at the same time if you give so much money to people to spend it could also raise inflation so it's going to be a tough balancing act for Australia Um, also the other worry here is housing prices still at record highs that budget did not have anything concrete to address housing prices so it could be something to really watch very closely to see if that can be under control. Um, that's going to be one of the many problems Australia will have to grapple with this year. Over in the US, meanwhile, the Pentagon is preparing to award up to $9 billion US dollars in cloud contracts later this year. What does it need and which companies might benefit? All right, this might be a familiar story for those tracking the tech space. What's called the Jedi contract, the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure contract. So this was the subject of a big dispute between Microsoft and Oracle. And what happened was um, there was a big dispute over who was supposed to win it. There was some back and forth. Eventually, the Pentagon gave the contract to Microsoft before cancelling it because of some complaints. So here you have the next... um, Round two, where you've got $9 billion worth in contracts for cloud infrastructure services for the US Defense Department. You can imagine how big this is going to be for business. And what's going to happen this time, they will not be focusing on one cloud provider. It will be focused on multiple cloud providers. So we could be in for many winners. So you can imagine the typical usual suspects, Microsoft, Oracle, Amazon, Google could be all in the mix when it comes to being winners in this um, round. All right. And on that note, let's turn to our books as we open up for a game of up or down. Let's start with Micron. The chipmaker's earnings and outlooks looking strong. Yeah, looking strong as you would expect of a chipmaker. So here you have sales um, at about $8.7 billion for its fiscal third quarter. That is above estimates of $8.2 billion. So its outlook looking rosier than estimates. And this is off the back of how memory chips have been in short demand and they have been able to raise their prices. That's been one of the big upsides of um, how it's been playing out for Micron. And if you look at Micron's profit margins, uh, that is up by now 47.2% from 
26.4% last year. So it's jumping out a big time off the back of that um, supply chain bottleneck and it is expecting things to still carry on in terms of momentum. And in terms of headwinds, it's saying no near-term production impact from what's happening in Ukraine for now. All right, let's look at Apple next. All right, Apple is going to be something of an up for me because they are on a hot streak. I believe their share price is really riding a big wave of momentum since the 2003. Indeed, Apple shares rose for the 11th straight session overnight. That's its longest winning streak in about two years. Two decades, I should say, not two years. And as a Business Times headline put it, Apple is rallying like it's 2003. Let's look at Robinhood next. Right, Robinhood's going to be an up for me. And that is after it talked about going 24-7, giving investors a chance to just trade non-stop. So it's going to be adding four additional hours to extended trading for clients. So more Revenue opportunities for Robinhood. Indeed, and investors like Robinhood extending its trading hours. Robinhood shares jumped nearly 25% overnight. Lululemon. Right, Lululemon is an up for me. I'm not sure if you're a fan, but you could be in for higher price tags at a store for Lululemon. They are looking at selective price hikes. And that's off the back of a bumper year where you've got people... Mm-hmm. going to athleisure wear and even with people going back to office they are still sticking their leisure wear wearing it to the office so they uh, are uh, talking about another good year and forecasting so with full year profit and revenue above estimates a friend of mine swears by it says uh, you it's worth the buy it's expensive but it lasts a decade or so yeah that's what i hear a lot it is very comfortable i should give it a go yeah, and that it lasts. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 22 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished a tad higher yesterday, just a little below 34.34. A couple of stocks to note. Bargain Hunters gave a boost to Dairy Farm International, which closed up more than 5%. All three local banks finished in the red. And Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust was the most actively traded counter on the market amid news that it is acquiring a new office building on Robinson Road. So what does it look like this morning? How's the STI trading? All right. So we've got a bit of a mixed picture across Asia for Singapore. It's in the green right now by 0.3% at 3,444. So if you look at the STI right now, it's just only five counters in the red. At the bottom, we've got Johnny Matheson down 2.6% at 57.56, followed by Maple Tree Logistics Trust. ST Engineering, Capital DC Reed, and Singtel rounding up the five at the bottom. Okay, at the top, you have Dairy Farm. Again, extending gains 2.1% at 284. It was a top gainer yesterday, up 5.7%, clawing back some losses from recent weeks. And if you look at where we are for second place, SGX up 1.5%. At 9.97 And we were talking about sets It was a bottom performer yesterday Down 0.9% Right now it's recovering slightly By 0.2% at 4.35 So that's the picture we have right now For Singapore markets Well before I let you go Ryan Back to your jaw exercises I've got to get your take on the story It's lighting up the internet So during the Oscars on Monday Will Smith slapped Chris Rock After Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith And her her lack of hair Uh, Will Smith has since apologised What do you make of all this? Do you think uh, Will Smith's reputation Can recover from all this? I'm sure it will blow over with time But it really 
know, makes me quite grateful that I am hosting more webinars these days because if I say anything, no one likes, no one is able to walk up a stage to give me a piece of their mind. Well, actually, I host webinars as well. And the thing is, you have to be careful because these things live on forever. And I think in the news recently, someone said something that caused quite a furore and it was uh, shared very widely. And it's been the subject of a lot of debate because, you know, uh, what you say lives on forever. But back to Chris Rock and, and Will Smith, I think I was really shocked by uh, violence on mm. stage. And to me, you know, everybody's saying, oh, this is Will Smith being human for a second and we have to accept that celebrities are human and have their moments when they break. But really, I think what we saw, and I, I, I do hope that for, for Will Smith's sake, he apologizes and there's redemption. I, I believe in re- redemption, you know, being truly sorry for your mistake and getting over and getting on with life. But I think what we saw was an example, not of uh, Will Smith being human, but really Will Smith being a celebrity, thinking he could disrupt the, the Oscars and just stride on stage, break that third wall and do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, that is a very good uh, opportunity for a lot of people to have a discussion around a lot of layers, actually, uh, how people have been discussing the events, how they've been siding on one side and the other. Hmm. And that is a lot to unpack um, around how people should be behaving on stage. And it really, I think, is going to be a lot of chew on. And for both sides, I think they will be possibly talking about it for a long time. I think Chris Rock will be possibly milking it as well, doing years of specials around what happened on stage. All right. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. 26 minutes past nine. This is Market View. Coming up, we take a look at the crypto market. Have you heard the news? Uh, The Ronin Network suffering $625 million in an exploit. We'll see whether we can get a comment on that for you and get a sense of why that happened. Uh, Still to come, 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money F Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.